Welcome to The Deciders. This is Renee Frazier, host of The Deciders and founder, CEO of Frazier Communications. Frazier is an advertising and marketing firm, the largest woman-owned and woman-led in Southern California. We think we're the top 30 businesses here of women-owned businesses in Southern California based on the LABJ. But our show, The Deciders, which is produced by Frazier, allows us to feature change agents, leaders, people who tell their stories, share their insights that can help us better understand the communities we serve, how we can grow our businesses, and how we can have a greater impact on our community. Today, I wanted us to focus on our goal of seeing all boats rise. I talk a lot on this show about improving the environment for everyone that, uh, that we touch in our, with our businesses. How do we improve quality of life? How do we help people out of poverty? Today, we're going to focus in on that. We're going to shine a light on new research that's a co collaboration between Imagine LA, which is a wonderful community-based organization working to prevent homelessness and maintain housing stability for low-income families with a very interesting and effective model that we'll be sharing with you. And we're going to also feature research by the USC Price Center for Social Innovation. That work, uh, both of them together with this work are working to improve quality of life for people in low-income urban communities like Los Angeles. So to explore the research, we're joined by Jill Bauman, who's the president and CEO of Imagine LA, and Soledad de Gregorio. She's a postdoc scholar at the Price Center for Social Innovation at USC and lead researcher on this project. Let's start with uh, Jill. Welcome to the Deciders, Jill Bauman. Oh, well, thank you so much for having us, Renee, and for um, looking at big issues and quality of life for people. Um, at Imagine Lay, we're absolutely dedicated to helping families that have experienced homelessness actually not only get into homes and maintain their homes, but get out, rise in economic mobility and get out of the cycle of poverty. And the research that we're going to be discussing today is uh, why we did it is because at Imagine Lane, we're working with these families, mostly single moms um, that have experienced homelessness, and they, um, they're they trying to earn money and you know do well by their families, and they've got benefits, streams, childcare, welfare, food stamps, uh, healthcare, all these different, there's actually over 30 benefits that they're navigating. Um, we focused in this on about 14, but these are benefits. Anyway, they're navigating this, they're trying to earn money and then the benefits, and it's like a big black box. All of a sudden you're going along and you're starting to make money and all of a sudden the, uh, a benefit falls away. Your, your childcare, your, your, your food stamps drop, drop. Something happens and you've just earned a couple more dollars and just lost a couple hundred dollars right. in something. Right. And so as Imagine Lay has been working, we, you know, we now work with over 200 families a year. So, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families. And we're seeing these things happen to families. And we're also seeing, so they're like, wait, if I make more money, am right. I going to actually be worse off? 
Yes. And so there's fear around that. There's, um, and then they see other things where just they make a little bit more money and then money falls away at the equal rate. So it's sometimes it's these cliffs and other times it's just like, well, I make more money, but I lose the same amount in benefits, you know, like where, what's going on here. Right. But so that is the, we were like, what is this black box? Right. We can't figure it out. We go to all our sister organizations. um, We go to the government, different government entities. Nobody has sight. So we partnered with the wonderful Price School at USC for Social Innovation to take a deep dive and see what was happening behind the black box. And, um, And the whole reason is we're trying to help families break the cycle of homelessness and poverty and succeed. I love it. Yeah. Breaking the cycle is key, right? So they're working hard. They are in earning money. And then some of those benefits slip away. I'm going to turn to uh, uh, to Soledad. Soledad, let me officially introduce you and welcome you. This is, uh, this is Soledad de Gregorio. And Soledad, as I said before, is a postdoc scholar at the Price Center for Social Innovation at USC. Tell us a little bit about the research methodology, and then we're going to go into the findings and the policy recommendations with you and Jill. Sure. So first, thank you so much for having me. Um, It's a pleasure to be able to join Jill in sharing this this, um, very valuable, we believe, um, research we've we've worked collaboratively on. And as Jill presented the motivation behind it, um, that was what they came to us with. Um, We need something to show us how families should, or or the complex web, the social safety net that families are navigating. How can we um, understand that better? There's all these different moving pieces. How can we bring them together um, to understand them and also to forecast how they change as people um, increase their income, their earned income? And so what we did, um, the first step was to review the literature. There's not a lot out there that combines all the benefits. There is a paper from 2002 by Barbara Wolf where she did something similar. Um, And we worked, basing off of that, we identified all the benefit programs and tax credits available to families, particularly in Los Angeles. Um, Did I hear 30? There were about 30 that are available and you ended up focusing on 14. Is that right? Yes, there were 30 at the federal, state, and local levels. We ended up um, focusing on 14 because we did those that were, on the one hand, means-tested, which means that eligibility um, is determined by a specific income limit, yeah. so it was easier to understand that. And second, that they they provide benefits in a relatively sustained manner, so at least one year. There are several programs um that or like rental assistance programs that are only for a couple of months. And we right. didn't want to include those because those would, would, would really mess up a little the picture we were trying to draw. Jill, uh, Soledad, I, I think also we were looking just to frame this, we were really looking at, at benefits that affected families, right. not just individuals. So, you know, it had to do with, you know, kids getting, th- you know, like it would. And that's why there's so many. Yeah, is because it's families for single adults. It's They've not as many. many. Right. So I just, I, I just, I, I just thought I should make sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And we based it off of one particular scenario, which was a single mother with two young kids. 
Um, we also looked at the single mother with a little bit older kids, but it's always within the frame. And and honestly, it doesn't change if it were a single father. So it's, it's a single parent yeah. with two young kids. Um, and so we come through the eligibility rules um, to determine at what income levels these families are eligible for each program. And then once you determine eligibility, how much they actually receive the resources available to them for each program. And we add them all together um, to get what we're calling the total resources, really the total monetary value of all the benefits that they have at different. So we, you add the income, the earned income to all the in-kind benefits and the cash benefits and tax credits that you could have at every different um, income level. Okay, we also talked to experts because there were decisions we had to make along the way into how to monetize these because mm -hmm. when you're receiving an in-kind benefit like healthcare or childcare, yeah. there's not a direct monetary value attached to it. Right. Um, so we talked to experts to make sure the, the, the value we were using was the appropriate one. So we compared it to what healthcare was on the private market. So if the family would have to purchase healthcare on their own, how much was that? And we use that value. Same with right. healthcare. Right. So, so Lydia, let me just articulate what I think. Mm -hmm. So if they, if they went above the criteria and they lost the, the insurance benefit, what it would cost them to replace it. So you were able to look at uh, what, what that benefit cliff might be, which is the loss of certain benefits, right? Well, what, yeah. I know that part of the research found a resource plateau. What does that mean, a resource plateau? And Jill or Soledad, please help me understand that. So a research plateau is um, really when an increase in earnings leaves a family no better off. Mm. So as Jill was mentioning before, their overall resources don't change because the increase in earnings is met with an equal decrease in social benefits. Right. So it, at the end of the day, they have the same value of resources. What is a little bit um, more positive about in having higher income, even if you're reducing some benefits, is that a lot of the time, if it's your earned income, you have the discretion to use it however you want. Some of the benefits are tied to specific, um, to specific goods. For example, if it's food stamps, or if it's healthcare, it's an in-kind service. And so you can't really allocate those resources as you as you see fit, so. You know, I, I, I understand now, when we think about a single family or a single parent, uh, you know, I think probably uh, two of the most significant expenses are rent and childcare. And you mentioned that you're focused on Los Angeles, which makes sense, which is a very expensive place uh, to, uh, to get childcare as well as uh, pay rent. Um, and I understand that uh, single parent family, those that receive all the available benefits except housing vouchers, can't really achieve a living wage at a low income job. Tell, tell me why that's, that doesn't seem fair. What's going on there? So there, um, first it's important to clarify what we're calling living wage. It's, we use the MIT living wage calculator and adjusted it for the current um, cost here in Los Angeles. And that is the minimum needed to cover all your basic living expenses from housing to childcare, to transportation, right. to, to clothing. Um, and we found that a single mother with two children working a full-time job at minimum wage at $15, we were looking, um, 
there's no way she can reach that basic um, minimum living expenses unless she receives all programs, including housing. All programs, including housing. And if she gets the housing voucher, can she also get childcare? Because she needs both. Yes, she can. She can get both. I, okay. the, the trickiest one there is the housing voucher. Um, yes, that one is 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 estimated that. Correct me, Jill. One in five eligible yeah. households are receiving housing choice vouchers. Yeah, boy, it's sure. a complex system, as you said, a black box, as you said, Jill. And there are these trade offs people make, and and. Uh, I know that most of us don't know all the rules, so you certainly don't know when you're going to hit that cliff, right? Where the benefits go away, or the if you reach a certain income and it's a, you know an increment of a hundred dollars a month, but you lose two hundred dollars a month, you're really behind. Your organization, Imagine LA, wants to help families maintain housing stability, prevent homelessness. What are you recommending, Jill, as a result of this research? Um. Well, I'm going to answer that just after I make one other comment. First is, we found in this research, which was really interesting, is that those cliffs exist. And in some cases, there's been sort of patches. Think of like, you know, a a patch that you download. There's been a patch, but it's over in the tax system. And the family or the somebody doesn't know that it exists. Wow. So some of the issue, and this is going to be part of my recommendation, answer is some of the issue is um, helping give people that are trying to get these benefits, help these families actually know what they're entitled to and what and how to get it. Um, So, um, so remember we were talking about this being a black box. Well, I think what um, what the recommendations are, and then in fact, what Imaginely is doing is that we have to create transparency. What is going on here? If my wages are going to go up, what's going to happen to me in 30, 60, 90 days? Right. What, you know, what if, if I get a, a cliff, is there something else I can get? You know, like how can I navigate? Because we want to get families and families want to get on a positive you know, financial independence trajectory if they possibly can. So what we are doing now, Imagine LA, is we are taking the, uh, or not, I don't want to say, taking the algorithms, building them out for many more scenarios than just our couple of families, taking, making those robust algorithms for each of these benefits and creating a calculator. Ah. That will be where, a family or with their case manager or by them, you know, they can put in their scenario, you know, that it will show what benefits they probably have. And if they don't, that they should get them, but then they can, they can play with what happens if I take this job or this raise, you know, what's going to happen is, and, and with organizations like Imagine LA and with many other case management, if they're able to see that there's going to be, a valley, like, but it's ultimately going back, going up. Yeah. That organization will help them through. You can plan for something. They might have a bounce down. So, so you're doing a simulation 
Yes. You know, I think of the uh, Sim City and other video games, hopefully that are in the, you know, the language of everyone yes. or some people. But you're right. If they can simulate it and look at what would be the outcome rather than just doing it and then, oh, I have no idea. So it helps them see what the future could be. That's really smart. Really so smart. we're super excited about it. And we're going to we're doing it initially for L.A. County and then we'll and it's being built modular so that you can you know, uh, you can change it as needed, you know, because some of these benefits are federal, some are state, some are local, they change. Yes. Um, but the other part of it is, so that's on the ground, helping the families, right? And helping the case managers help the families, right? right. Because they can't be an expert in all of these systems. They no. just need to help the families in the, as fast as they can. But the other part of this is actually being an engine to run data through and run policy potential changes yeah. through so we can look at if we change this will how will that affect the incentives the the cliffs can we actually turn what right now the way that social benefits are is it's more like a sticky spider web you know where people get kind of mired in poverty and if we can make more transparency and 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 so forth, we can start making it feel much more like a launching pad mm. or a springboard into financial independence. And, and we can work with policymakers and, and so forth to make that happen. That's so great. I'm really excited about that. I, I want it. to, I want, um, before, because I know our time is near, I do want to tell or let Soledad tell that there was one other found, finding that was pretty significant that we weren't looking for. What is and, that, Soledad? Um, yeah. Soledad, we want to talk about the, how you had to basically hit rock bottom? Yes. Yeah. So, so one really big and unexpected, I would say, finding that we had was that, yes, we have a safety net in place, right? But actually, families have to fall or start at very, very, very low income level mm. to be caught by the net. So for example, mm. families have to have received or be currently receiving CalWORKs cash aid to qualify for CalWORKs childcare. Even though you can be eligible for childcare at higher income levels, but you have to have started really low and have been on cash aid. And a lot of families, um, there's stigma involved with cash aid. So a lot of families avoid it, even if they are eligible. So families have to start very low and actually ask for help and receive these aids um, at that level to be eligible and to trigger all these other um, programs as well. So that, that was something to, that was unexpected. To say it in a sort of slightly different way is families may have economic hardship and they're falling and they don't really know what to do about it. Right. And they're trying to figure out if they qualify for benefits and they may not as they're falling. And it's only once they hit rock bottom that they can. And then the homeless organizations, basically, they've hit there. Yes. Then can get them all the benefits and have them climb up. But the net is not, there's big holes. Yes. So yes. that if- It's not about prevention, we, really. <laughs> we, could, we could do better- have better prevention of right. homelessness if it was designed differently. And, but it's also not just the design, it's the knowledge. Mm. It's the knowledge to access it, that you're having trouble, you qualify, 
get it out there in multiple languages. You know, like it's also again this transparency, right? Issue right. and sharing yeah. and destigmatizing. Yeah, right. And, and think That's, about Imagine only works with families that have experienced homelessness or are on the absolute verge. Right. So we didn't even know that this existed. Mm-hmm. Wow. It, it was fantastic that they found this. Yes. And it's really interesting for policy going forward. And when we start thinking about how many homeless we, you know, people are saying, you know, we got all these homeless. How, how can we prevent it? Right. Well, right. guess what? And you've got, you know, uh, people being elected to supervisor. People are talking about homelessness. Are you going to take this forward from an advocacy point of view and try to get someone to help change the policies? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see it. I think it needs to be done. It needs yeah, to Yeah, no, we've um we've got Holly Mitchell involved. Yes, Holly she, Mitchell, great. Yeah, and a number of people, um, some wonderful people in the mayor's office right. and uh some others that I will hopefully be announcing soon. I'm uh really and uh it's, working behind the scenes. I love that, Jill. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. Jill, before we run out of time, I want people to understand the Imagine LA model the fact that people volunteer and they support a family. Can you talk a little bit about that? So if people want to volunteer or find out more information or donate, they could go to your website. Oh, love you, Renee. Thank you. Um, so Imagine Lay comes at the idea of helping families uh, exit poverty in generationally in three ways. One, what are called clinical case managers. We, these are people that can deal with any mental health issue, any uh, health issue, any anything. They are MSWs. They are they can come alongside and really meet a family where they're at. Then we layer on two other programs. One is mentorship. Mentorship for the, every member of the family over five. So this is a buddy that's going to help you navigate all these systems, get to the resources, try new things, do better in school, et cetera, get kids in new activities and, 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 and help their lives. And then the third piece is a really, really robust economic mobility program that, um, again, meeting the family where they're at, uh, providing them access to living wage jobs for with childcare you know, navigating the childhood system and then building their financial fitness and and navigating the social benefits. Right. So um, it's a it's a thing. Our secret sauce is, you know, is the mentors. Yeah. And you can mentor. Um, it's been a little bit virtual. Yeah. But virtual. now it's coming back. Right. And that our uh Go to our uh, website, which is www.imaginelay.org. And that's I-M-A-G-I-N-E-L-A.org. Imaginela.org. I love it. And uh, I know sometimes churches get involved and uh, synagogues. It's a, it's a wonderful thing for a family to do to uh, mentor another family and to help them. And, and it doesn't involve money. It involves time and your thinking. Right. You just want to be able to give them. And we all know that if another human being cares about you, it shows they really genuinely care. It lifts you up and it has an amazing uh, impact, I think, on the success of people. When I know there's somebody who's with them in the long haul who cares, I commend you for doing such a great program. I really do. 
Well, we're just really trying to imagine LA together and lifting each, each other up and building equity together and building our, our city and our community together. Wonderful. I, I wish you great success with this. Soledad, let me ask you, where do you want this research to go? What would be the outcome you'd be pleased with? Well, the outcome is, is what Jill is pushing for, to get this disseminated out and hopefully have this simulation tool where families can actually go and see how their um, their situations will change as income changes. Um, the key here, we didn't really find cliffs per se. We found that as one benefit ends, oftentimes it's met with another new benefit. And so I think the information piece is really, truly, truly key. So and just a quick example there is like, as your Medica- Medi-Cal ends, then you're eligible for the Affordable Care Act healthcare through there. And, and a lot of people don't know that, don't know how much they have to pay. They don't know you receive it back um, right. with your tax return. So yeah, things like you that. You know, I, I think that's one of the reasons community centers and case managers are so important. Uh, it's very hard to keep up with the rules and having a trusted source, a place you could go who could talk with you about it and not reveal any of the information to anyone gives you an opportunity. And uh, we need to support those uh, and the case management system you have, Jill. I think it really makes a difference in people's lives. Well, thank you both. This has really been uh, uh, informative, edifying for me. Jill, are the tool that you're going to develop, the digital tool, will you be making that available to other nonprofits or? Yes, and it's it's going to be called the Social Benefit Calculator, and um, we're going to be piloting it next year with a number of organizations and then rolling it out um, as, as wide as we can. I mean, it's uh, this, we really, we really want to create this transparency and the ability also for government to, to streamline these benefits and make them work together. Well, I'm behind you 100% and I hope to see the great success. We'll be watching it next year in 2022, the social benefit calculator. I want to thank our guests, Jill Bauman from ImagineLA.org and Soledad de Gregorio from the Price Center at USC. We appreciate everyone spending time with us on The Deciders. You can hear our podcasts and other shows on our website at FraserCommunications.com. And you know we're an advertising and marketing firm available to help for-profit and nonprofit firms. You can contact us again at FraserCommunications.com. Thanks for listening. Tune in for the next show of The Deciders with Renee Frazier. Have a great week ahead.